Well, hello there, everybody. It's Tracy with the Lincoln Law Pod, um, a podcast dedicated to the Lincoln Lawyer on Netflix. I've got my pal Pete here with me. And uh, what you going by for the Lincoln Lawyer podcast, Pete? Well, in honor of my boy Cisco, I might go with PPI, you know? Oh, you could. Yeah, you could do that. You had mentioned prosecutor, Pete. So maybe it just depends on the episode we're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. Private investigator seems good. I, after okay. the first episode, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's something about these private investigators and all the shows I watch where they're always like these cool, <laughs> like unique guys where they're like not not good, but not bad, but like have really strong moral values. And I just kind of gravitate towards them every time. There you I mean, go. It's so. not, a, not a bad choice. And uh, for those of you who haven't listened to us before, we also do the Everybody Counts podcast for Bosch and now Bosch Legacy. So yeah, Pete likes to go by Pete P.I. now as Bosch is uh, P.I. And yeah, you want to do something kind of on the defense side because Nikki's a defense attorney, you know, because, you know, as you start out, you're like, oh, not the prosecutors, you know. That's what I'm saying. Nobody wants to be the guy nobody likes. <laughs> <laughs> We're under so many shows.com and the podcast feed is so many shows. You'll find multiple shows cover different types of podcasts under that one feed. So if you're uh, looking for the Lincoln lawyer ones look for lincoln law pod underneath so many shows thank you for tuning in and listening i'm really excited to talk about episode one with pete because i've read the books or actually i listen a lot on audible um, these days but pete has not read the books so it's kind of like watching you know for the first time again with pete going through uh, he's really excited about it i'm excited about it and i mean i know a lot of what might happen and who the characters are and a lot of the setup already but it's all fresh and new to pete so this is going to be fun so i guess we should just jump right in we are going to do a case file review kind of go over what happened in the episode what we learned and then we'll do some direct examination ask each other some questions look at our discovery file to see what we learned or what kind of evidence we have in this episode, where we think things might be leading. And then we'll each pick a star witness. And of course, they don't actually have to be a witness. But who do we think from the episode that we really want to call out in this particular episode who made a big impact on us in some way in the way we viewed the episode? We just want to hi each highlight someone. So we're going to call them our star witness. All right, so let's get into the case file review. We see Mickey sitting on the beach. This is Mickey Holler, and he is envisioning a surfing accident. You can tell he's it's a, a bad memory, and he doesn't even go in the water. But you have to wonder, is just being there on the beach, period, a big step for him? We eventually learn that he ha did have a very bad surfing accident, was prescribed Oxy, and then became addicted to those pills and went through the recovery process. So we're looking at least a year I think that he's been out of practicing law as a defense attorney. So what were your initial impressions, Pete, of, of Mickey? You see him on the beach, casual mode, and then all of a sudden he gets this call to meet with a judge and he's suited up in his Lincoln. Yeah, but even at that point, you don't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't seen right, the books, so this is all yep. like we said, a fresh slate for me. Mm -hmm. I see this guy who looks kind of nervous talking talking to a couple of his coworkers and they're trying to give him like positive reinforcement. Hey, get in there. Just go see what they want. Yeah. It could be yeah. good. Like it's not always going to be bad. And <laughs> it's, you know, he's, he's nervous. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's interesting that you, that you see that. I mean, I can certainly see it too, especially because he's coming off of being out for a while. So there's bound to be nerves kind of getting your, you know, your toes back in the water. 
And this sounds like something pretty big. You know, he doesn't know yet why the judge wants to see him, but his coworkers are thinking this could, this could be something, a big deal. So yeah, Lorna is his practice manager and we find out his second ex-wife. There's a lot of interesting relationships there and connections, but yeah, she's been a great cheerleader for him, tells him to drive to Lincoln. She knows that will pump him up and make him feel good. And she even shows up at the meeting with the judge. Just, he's like, are you checking up on me? Making sure I'm here. But she's really just trying to support him. Yeah, she wants to make sure he makes it to the meeting, but she she wants to support him as well. So uh, Mickey goes into the chambers of Judge Mary Holder and clearly seems like a judge. She's playing that well. But she also kind of reminds me of a high school principal. I, like I was a little scared of her. Were you a little scared of her, Pete? Yeah, and it's funny you say principal. <laughs> I was going to say she reminds me of like a high school librarian. Okay. Yeah. Like correcting all the, like, don't touch, don't touch that with sticky hands and return that book. And like, you know, I'm I'm not trying to, you know, individualize librarians as all the same, but you know, that the, um, the stereotype, like the, the serious librarian who really cares about the books. That was the comparison I made because she seems like a really serious judge who cares Mm -hmm. about the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we kind of got the same impression there. She really stuns Mickey. Because she says that Jerry Vincent has been murdered and he was a, a fellow defense attorney that Mickey knew, you know, as a colleague, but it's not like they were super close. But for some reason, Jerry has sent his, has left his practice to Mickey, his entire caseload throughout his entire practice. All of those cases go to Mickey and then he has the opportunity to see if those clients would like to keep him on board as their attorney, or of course they have the option to choose someone else, but he's got, as she says, a shot at all these cases and it's quite a big caseload. And because it's such a high profile case, Mickey knows that Jerry Vincent was assigned to the Trevor Elliott case, which is very much in the media. And we'll get to that in a little bit. So it's, it's going from, you know, not practicing into this, you know, it's like you, you couldn't go any deeper at one time, you know, he's, it's not a process of getting your feet wet and adding a few cases and warming back up. It's just all this is in his lap. So we see him go back to the office, Jerry Vincent's office, because he has a, a brick and mortar, a physical office that he, he works out of. Uh, we'll talk more about Mickey liking to work out of his car. But so this is a new thing for Mickey too. To, to be in a physical office. Well, right away, the police are there and the detectives, they're putting up crime scene tape and marking things off and examining things. And, and Mickey's like, wait, 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 wait. This is, first of all, this is not the crime scene. Jerry Benson was killed in the garage, the parking garage. And there is confidentiality, you know, with these files, you, you can't just take them. So there's a little bit of a beef there as they're trying to stand up to one another. But eventually Mickey proves his point and Griggs and his people have to head out. Any observations about that scene? Well, as you know, I I always look at things from a shadier point of view. <laughs> so what I saw right away was a bunch of cops manipulating the situation yeah. and checking uh, quote unquote expanded murder scene right. to try to get a lead on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And this guy just shows up at the right time because I don't know what they uncovered to begin with. But after their exchange and he tells them, like, I can call the judge. You can pull whatever tricks you want, but I'll call the judge and get you mm-hmm. out of here and in trouble. Right. They leave. So, yeah. you know, he, who's he, wrong? Right. Yeah. He can pull the judge card. Very good point. 
but yeah, they were trying to kind of push the boundaries to see, well, if we really want to solve this, let's get inside the office and maybe nobody will notice or say anything. Well, no, they're going to say something. Well, that's what I'm saying. If, if, yeah. if Mickey didn't show up at that spot in that point in time and showed mm -hmm. up four hours oh, later, yeah. yeah, they are they are leaving with whatever they can get a hold of and calling a part of the murder scene. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So we already get this little bit of this antagonistic relationship set up between Mickey and Detective Griggs. These guys are kind of buttonheads already. But they... They start looking into the cases. Lorna is, again, his practice manager and his second ex-wife, big cheerleader, big supporter of Mickey. She is, think of some words to describe her, Pete. Huh. She is a high energy, hard worker, spunky. You know, she calls the police out on their kind of their attitudes. You know, when she, they're going into the office, she kind of calls them out like, why do you have to be that way? You know, sassy. Is sassy. Yeah, that's a good one. Sassy. Yeah. And she seems to know her stuff. She's trying to put the calendar together, trying to put files together. But there is stuff missing because when, you know, the viewers actually see Jerry getting murdered in the parking garage and see the person walk off with his bag. So the, his laptop is gone. So whatever he had in there, unless it's backed up somewhere, they don't have it. So why did they kill him? And why did they take that? Obviously, there's something there that they want or don't want someone else to have. So, so she doesn't have everything at her fingertips available to kind of get everything organized. But she does know that Mickey has to be in Inglewood, the courthouse there, in a very short time frame. So he has to make it over there. It, he sees that things are coming at him pretty fast. You know, like, okay, this is for real. I got all these cases. I got to, you know, there's there's depositions. There's hearings. There, you know, I got to deal with all you know of this. What, you know what it reminds me of? It's like you have work, right? You have a, you have a job and you take a week off and uh -huh. nobody covers for you. And you get back after a week off and it's like, all right, well, you got to catch up now. Plus your regular work. That's what it seems like to yeah. me. And it's not it's not fun. No, it's not. That That is a really good comparison. You know, and he's appearing after a year off and mm -hmm. now he's got all these on his, his lap. And now that he's back in action, more cases are obviously naturally going to come to him. I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm assuming that besides Jerry's caseloads, he might get his own coming up from his mm -hmm. own clients now that he's back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to so, just be this this group. Okay, now so you're playing catch up on a year's worth of things that you missed if you were out a year. Yeah. On yeah. top of all your new stuff. Mm -hmm. That's a And good Jerry point. stuff inherited. So mm -hmm. good luck. <laughs> good, good luck, Mickey. So this first case is for a defendant uh, named Izzy Letts. And she's been accused of stealing a necklace, like ripping it right off a woman's throat. So he's just irate and wants this to be taken care of. But Mickey asked for one more day. I mean, you just got these cases. So, but yeah, this guy was just like, nope, she, she did it. Take care of business. But he does, Mickey does get the extra day to review the case. So they, he goes outside and gets to know Izzy a little bit better and find out what, you know, what Jerry was planning. And Jerry had planned kind of a, a plea agreement. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to guess a year, but I don't remember. Okay. Um, I, but he I, thought she—he thought she was going to have to do some jail time. He was going to. You know, yeah, well, well, it's Grand Theft Auto. I mean, not mm -hmm. Grand Theft Auto. It's just Grand Theft. Grand which, Theft yeah. You know, we learned later in the episode that it's just over a certain value, which makes it more. You know. So Jerry was convinced that she was going to have to do some time, but he was going to try to get it as low as possible because he was going to show it based on her character. And she tells Mickey that, you know, he's like, why does, why do you say that you're such a good person? You know, and how was that going to work to your benefit? And she explains that that really, she really wasn't herself when she stole that necklace. She was uh, a drug addict herself at that time, a heroin addict. And so she just wasn't really in her right mind, but that she has gone through recovery. She's clean now and uh, she, she's remorseful, but hopefully that 
that will play uh, to her benefit when they, if they have to do a sentencing. But Mickey's, you know, he doesn't want to just assume that she has to be sentenced to prison. He got a look at the necklace when he came into the courtroom and he has a jeweler friend that he has Lorna call to come and inspect the necklace or what, but he comes into the, the courtroom the next day as a, like an expert and appraises the necklace and do a sidebar. And it turns out the necklace is fake, like costume jewelry. It's not real jewels. So it's really not worth that much. It's not worth even close to the amount they were saying it is. So Mickey's trying to use this to his benefit, thinking that the husband will just drop the charges because he doesn't want his wife to find out (laughs) that it's just sort of a knockoff necklace. And it works for him. And Izzy doesn't have to go to prison. It's, It's... pretty cool what do you think of well, the uh, defense there you forget the you forget the part when he mentioned that if because the um the the people who got attempted or temporarily got robbed uh-huh yeah they had their insurance company appraise it oh they did okay and their insurance company appraised it has over the value of oh. the grand theft yeah. so if right that's a whole nother <laughs> trial in itself so he didn't have no choice but to drop the charges because he was facing and they came from out of town he said right so they, have, they would have to keep coming back in town for each trial to right. and then possibly get in trouble yeah yeah first yes. he you know he deceived his wife by giving a knockoff giving her a knockoff necklace yeah and then there's the issue of getting the appraiser to, you know to appraise so that value. there was so a lot just, of reasons yeah yeah is digging a deeper hole for himself so yeah he really doesn't have much choice but to drop the charges so mickey's like uh tells izzy all right uh, when are you gonna pay me and she's like i wasn't paying jerry i can't pay you you know not right now and he's like yes you can do you have a driver's license and she becomes his driver so she can work off her her debt so she's gonna drive the lincoln mickey can work in the back and he's just one step closer to getting back into practice and dealing with all these new cases. All right. So, so we talked about this high profile case that Mickey has. It's with um, the defendant is Trevor Elliott. And he has a company called Parallax and he's a, a tech guy, extremely wealthy, well-known, getting ready to release another video game, I think. And he has been accused of murdering his wife and her lover at their beach house. So he claims his innocence, but he's ready to go to trial. Mickey goes to visit him and he's not sure at first that he wants Mickey to take over the case, but he is certain. The one thing he's certain of, he does not want to delay the proceedings. So Mickey ends up meeting with him again and they talk more about the case, the, the, the murder and, you know, what does Trevor say really happened? And do you want to describe Pete, how he describes his wife and meeting her and what she meant to him and how she could never murder her. Well, he has a really good story. He's obviously smart. He obviously knows what he's doing. He, he loves his wife. He does a basketball analogy about free throws and how mm-hmm. even if things line up and you do it, you know, nothing's a thousand percent guaranteed. But his story's good. He has a good story. I, I don't believe him for a second. But that's okay. because he just seems like he's too put to, he's too calm for somebody who's awaiting trial. Yeah. Doesn't seem like you have yeah. a new lawyer with not much evidence. So yeah. give me a yeah. good enough reason why you need it to happen immediately. Yeah. Things, so things there's are, something things, else going on. 
things are not adding up. I, I, I don't buy it either. He does describe his wife almost as like his muse and that she was, he wasn't popular in high school, but he was good at coding, worked out of his garage and that he found a way to cross what uh, people call the uncanny valley, which is, uh, I guess, making characters in video games look just super realistic, like believable. And that yes. there was just like, it, yeah. he got it that one step closer that no one else ever had and that they worked together they got married i think even the the character in the video game is like modeled after his wife so he he, he does he he shares you know his undying love for his wife to mickey but but that story does not help him right but it does it does convince mickey that he thinks he can win with that because yes but I'm, but I'm watching it like okay you oh, love this lady so much you right. thought that she was cheating right you either killed her or hired somebody to do it for you. <laughs> that was my original opinion. Like, oh, this sure. guy's guilty. Mm-hmm. Someone either was hired or he did it, and you know, like I don't, yeah. I don't trust him. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that any of the viewers trust him at this point. It just, it doesn't. It, like I said, the numbers don't add up. But Mickey does think that he can work with that. Not so much that defense, but that that believability that he loved his wife so much that he could never do that now what the defense is and how he can prove that he didn't do it that's another thing but he mickey says he thinks that he can you know work with that and trevor is going to give him a chance to take the case and for all we know mickey thinks he'll probably get him convince him to delay it later you know that's not really he just he just wants to know do i get the case is this guy yeah, Mickey? Go mickey's in a spot where he has to get the case it's made it's mm-hmm. made perfectly clear in the beginning that he has to get this case that's going to kickstart his whole thing so he's got to put into whatever demands trevor elliott wants to this point mm-hmm. yeah yeah the first step get the case and then you know maybe try to convince him to delay it then find the defense you know go from there one step at a time but that's the biggest hurdle in the beginning so his wife his ex-wife maggie his first ex-wife congratulates him on getting that case you know and morna and everyone does they're you know excited for him that he's he's clearly back in the game in a big way but speaking of maggie she works on the other side of the table she's a um, she works for the district attorney's office i think in major crimes and so that's just interesting to begin with that they you know work on opposite sides of the table but they were married long enough to have a beautiful young daughter i think she's about 13 her name is Haley. but they are divorced and there's particular strain on the relationship because of the drug addiction. And Mickey's trying to get joint custody back of Haley. And he's really having to prove himself to Maggie that he's responsible, that he is in recovery, that he is clean, that he's not going to slip up. So he's kind of walking on eggshells in that regard. And so he, he, he is supposed to take Haley for the night and he arrives a few minutes late. And you can just tell, right, Pete, that he's just like, oh, I'm late. You know, like this is going to points against me. You know? Well, when you're trying to, you know, make up for things and yeah. you're late, you don't automatically get the benefit of the doubt anymore. And unfortunately, you get the opposite of it, which is why is he late? Is he back on the sauce? Did, mm-hmm. did he go make a stop? Is he, is he yeah. what's he doing? Yeah, right. It's, it's just, it's, there's no trust. So you better be early. She's, she's <laughs> definitely more likely to be skeptical than than believe him. Yeah, it's going to go the other way. But you can tell that Haley is really fond of her dad and they have a close relationship. They go back to Mickey's house and have dinner out on the patio. We actually don't see a lot of, of the house because they immediately show them having dinner on the patio. But it's just a gorgeous view and it's a pretty large like deck or patio. Well, that's, whatever you want and that's what it. I don't get. How do you pay your bills if you don't work for a year with addiction? Well, if he, <laughs> if he had high profile clients before, you know, we don't know how he invested his money or, you know. And this goes back to my theory also that, um, what's her name, Lorna? 
Uh-huh. The, the, yeah, uh-huh. I think she's been working his operation the whole time he was out, it seems, because she's all over it. She didn't just start working again today. It seems like right. she's been working the whole time, just helping out and keeping everything going. Yeah, we don't know how much she's kept together this, this but it seems time. like she's way more prepared than anybody else in the show right now on Mickey's team. So yes, she seems very, very prepared, very impressive. So their their dinner gets interrupted by Detective Raymond Griggs. Remember, you know, we said they're kind of button heads there back at the office in the beginning. Mickey probably thinks he's coming to give him a hard time about something, but he's actually showing him photos from the crime scene. And pointing out that, hey, if if this lawyer was targeted and murdered, like it cl- clearly seems like a targeted you know hit, not something random. What if you were next? So he kind of, I don't know if he's trying to scare Mickey, but he, he makes a good point, right? Yes, but this is the point where we realize that Griggs is going to be there for a while. I didn't know he was signed on for the whole season. So after the, after the second mm-hmm. appearance, you're like, all right, this guy's obviously going to be involved in this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I could trust him because it okay. seems to me like that's the second shady moment that I've seen. Because now he's coming in to basically scare him into what you find that we didn't find in that office when you were there, that we weren't there because like it's kind of like an intimidation factor. And I don't like it because it's the second time that Griggs is doing something that technically could be borderline illegal himself Mm -hmm. and involving Mickey, which and now Mickey's not helping him for the most part on either end. So now he's going to form an enemy with a detective or. You know, it's it's not going to help Mickey in the long term. Mm-hmm. However, it's something to think about because it's true. If this guy took on, if they if they try to go after Jerry because Jerry took on the Elliot case, if that's what it, or any of his cases, right? Any case in particular, yeah. Then we just go after the next lawyer. Yeah, yeah. No, I I buy it. That's the thing. I I tend to be more on the side of believing people, which you know can be to a fault. So yeah. I'm tending to think that Greg's is making a good point. You could be targeted. But I see your point of view that, you know, he could just be trying to scare him to get him to saying, talk. It could talk. be either one. I see yeah. both sides yeah. of it. I think it's a good time to to talk a little bit about Jerry Vincent. I mean, we did see him. He could sense that he was being followed in the parking garage at the beginning of the episode. And then we did see, you know, shots fired at him and the laptop bag being taken. But we do find out later that it was only 10 days prior to that 10 days prior to his murder, did Jerry Vincent uh, change his will or whatever it would be called to assign, to inherit, have Mickey inherit his cases. So it's not like he's been, it's something new. So it does make you question what is going on? What was he afraid of that he felt like he had to all of a sudden assign someone to inherit his cases? Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's definitely raising some red flags. It's not like this is a decision that Jerry made a long time ago after they you know, we're colleagues and just, yeah. you know, as a, a safety measure, it was specifically done and recent enough to mean something. So I, I think we need to keep that in mind. All right, let's talk a little bit about Mickey's investigator, Cisco. What do you want to say about him, Pete? Well, he's also the boyfriend of mm-hmm. his second ex-wife, right? That's, mm-hmm. That was the conflict of interest she brought up to him. Mm-hmm. Which just makes the whole scenario even weirder. It's like it's like <laughs> an awkward square of business here. Yeah. Cisco seems a little weird. Creeps me out a little bit. <laughs> he seems cool. Cool but weird. Yeah. I mean, my initial thoughts was like, all right, this guy seems like he's the perfect, like, um, you know, like in in Bosch we have Mo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is these these are my guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I. You know, for the for the beginning, I didn't really know what to expect from him. I yeah. know over time I will grow to love him more. Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> but Absolutely. he just Let's seems go. cool. He seems logical. He seems serious. And like, I wouldn't want to walk into him in a dark alley owing him money. 
That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, no, you wouldn't want that. No, there's some mystery there. <laughs> but yeah, you talk about it's, it's three of them there in the office, and you talk about love <laughs> triangles. This is like just a, a warped love triangle. <laughs> it, but it's not. It's not that it's bad. Or I'm being well. He brings up it. the well. He well. Mickey brings up the point that I feel was the most valid point in the whole scenario. He said, "I need somebody I can trust." And obviously, if he's so close with his second wife, he's close with her boyfriend. Yeah. I trust both of them. There's, we don't know the history there, but we obviously know there's trust. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just, that's that, you know, that you, the devil, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. But yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah, it's a unique situation that we, we, we don't usually encounter. But the thing too is Cisco doesn't have a lot of good news for Mickey, you know, because they want to talk about the Elliot case. They go out to the Malibu beach house where, uh, Laura Elliott and Jan Reels, who was a yoga instructor. And they look at the, the crime scene and kind of walk through how could it have happened. But at that time, Cisco's telling Mickey that, you know, this is not look good. There's, there's really, I don't know how you're going to defend this guy because the evidence is just, you know, it's piled up against Trevor Elliott. And there was gunpowder residue on his hands. So, you know, if he had the means and he had access to the house, he has gunpowder on his hands. What is what is in his favor? What is there to convince us that he did not do it? But but Mickey's he he knows that too, you know, but they're just talking about how this is going to be tough because it's stacked up against Trevor Elliott. But instead of Lorna having to worry about telling Mickey about her engagement to Cisco, Cisco goes ahead, goes ahead and tells Mickey. And, and you're right, Mickey's, Mickey's fine with it. So, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny. I mean, I don't know if we're just supposed to assume, but Mickey talks about the four most important people in his life. And then Cisco's thinking, he's trying to do the numbers. He's like, he's thinking probably Maggie, Haley, Lorna. Yeah, he's counting on his hand, which yeah. was so cute. <laughs> that was like, cute. And then he's like pointing at himself like, me? Could it be me? Could it be like, me? is it me? Like, who else is there? Like, I can't think. <laughs> yeah, and Mickey doesn't answer him. And that makes it all the better, you know, because we're thinking, yeah, it's probably you, Cisco. But yeah, that was that was a fun scene. But exactly like you said before, they're all close. They trust each other. It's it's sort of an unorthodox scenario, but there's a lot of trust there. And he just wants Cisco to be happy. He wants Morna to be happy. And so he seems he seems okay with it. And it's it's actually after that meeting there at the house that that Trevor Elliott does agree to him being his attorney. Let's not forget at the end of the episode, he was being followed. Yes, yes. So who's following him? Right. Right. Yep. And yep. That's a very good point. So anything we left out, Mickey's back. He's recovering, recovering drug addict. He's got a driver who's a recovering drug addict. that's clean now. They have that something in common. Um, maybe that will work to their benefit in some way. We've got two ex-wives. We've got a daughter. We've got the investigation of Jerry Vincent's murder, which we think could somehow be tied to this big high profile case that he has. So we're, we're watching both of these cases and investigations, you know, at the same time. And of course, there's going to be other smaller cases like Izzy's case that was taken care of, you know, in a day or so. So I think that's kind of cool that it looks like at this point, we're going to see an ongoing big case and then probably a variety of other things along the way as well. And his license plates, do you like the license plates? On the vehicle, we saw two oh. of the Lincolns, not guilty, N-T-G-U-I-L-T-Y. Yeah, that was the, yeah, but remember, is his car dismissed. has something? No, it's, it, we learned later when he drives another car, it says, I walk them. Like, I, I get them yes. off. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, yeah. But this, the second, the, the SUV that you know, Izzy's driving at the end when he's being followed, 
uh, is dismissed. B I S M I. Oh, okay. D. Yeah. So you know, just different, different. Good thing I have no license plate trivia today, else I would have been uh, lost. I would have just lost. I should have saved those for trivia. I should have saved those. Yeah, you would have had me. So what were your general, like folks who've read the books, you know, they have an impression of Mickey. And I think most people or all of them would be pretty fond of Mickey. Is he likable to you? You like this guy not having read the books? Uh, Well, I got to be honest. Okay, so I have seen the movie. So I kind of have an idea of what they want to portray him as. However... I don't I don't remember the movie as if I watched it yesterday. It was a bunch sure. of years back. I, I, I don't. I, so, so people he seems like a shady person in the first episode <laughs> from my from my point of view, like the way he uses the law mm-hmm. to get Izzy off in general. Like, for all I know, that guy could have just been um, playing ball with him. Somebody he got off on an insurance fraud case with mm-hmm. and he's now appraising for them, you know, so yeah. who knows? You know, I don't I don't I don't trust anybody until I see more. Yeah. Okay. It seems like he's, for the most part, like, I feel like the part with him and his daughter was mm-hmm. a very good telling part of, like, mm-hmm. that she she cares for him as, like, a real dad, and yeah. he loves her, and you could tell that there's not, like, no weird past where, like, mm-hmm. she doesn't secretly hate him. Mm-hmm. So he seems like a generally good guy, but because of the um, reputation, yeah. without reading the books and knowing what really goes on, you have I'm thinking this is just some, yeah, hotshot loophole lawyer who's going to, mm-hmm. you know maneuver the system and, and make up stuff to get off and you know and that which is fine for me it makes good television however mm-hmm. my initial first opinion is that this guy might be a little shady on both ends no oh, that's a good point that's that's valid now what do you think of his relationship with his first wife maggie we don't see a lot of interaction with them but he does try to flirt with her a little bit you know when he shows up late and, but does he tell her that she looks nice or something listen he totally wants her back you could definitely yeah. tell she's the one who got rid of him and he's doing all the work <laughs> to try however this i so one of my questions for the episode will maybe i'll move ahead with this question yeah, i'm gonna go say for later is um yeah. with your ex-wife number one being so involved in like what your work is because she's on the other side of it and then mm-hmm. your second ex-wife being your co-worker, assistant, employee, mm-hmm. and then your future, whatever you want to call him at this point, future whatever, yeah. is um, is now also working for you. Do you think, because I do believe it's true, that there might be some sort of conflict of interest this season? Oh, okay. That's interesting. He gets into a fight with, with Lorna or Cisco. The other person gets involved now. Yeah. You know, now you lose your, your force, your team. Could that be a prediction by me that at some point they're going to have a, a, a roadblock that's going to yeah. be a conflict of interest because they're all so night, like tightly knit together? Right, right. Like everyone's I feel like getting along. Yeah, everyone's yeah, getting along. But now but... everybody always gets along in the beginning. We yeah. all know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what could happen? But what do you think? Do you think um... that could be a problem? I mean, with all their hands in the, the legal world, yeah, there is, you know, I mean, I think there's opportunities for people to slip up and say something they're not supposed to say or reveal something then yes. that creates a problem because yeah, they all seem to spend a lot of time together. I mean, and Mickey, not really before while he was in recovery, but you can tell now that he's back getting back in the swing of things. That's how they operate. She's um, Lauren is always keeping him up to date, telling him what to do. And they're constantly communicating, especially since they aren't used to having a physical office. They're used to just communicating over the phone and sometimes in person, but she's really holding all these pieces together. So she knows a lot. So is she going to say something that he doesn't want Cisco to know yet or, you know, vice versa. And then when he's talking with Maggie, who is, is the mother of his daughter, could something slip up or from her. So I think, I mean, I think it's a valid question that, 
you know, and a valid idea that it could, when you've got that many people working in the same industry. So close together, they're all yeah. family for the most part. Yeah, it so very much me, does seem yeah. a family. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I noted that as, as well, all the support that they have for one another. There really doesn't seem to be any like obvious ill will against anybody. Not yet. Any, yeah. <laughs> episode <laughs> and, one, everything's happy. Get to know the right. characters. Episode five, everybody hates each other there's a brawl <laughs> thanksgiving is empty nobody shows up you know stuff like that yeah yeah so let's see the question for you hmm which is a good opportunity to ask you questions because i am more familiar with some of the setup and it's it's new to you so yeah i want you answered how what you thought of mickey like did you trust him because yeah i'm likely to in the series no matter what they do i'm likely to trust him you know straight yes, up because yeah i'm familiar with his it, reputation with, with his history, history. Yeah. i don't mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to have to, here's a question. Do you think that Mickey's going to have to give up some of the cases? Is it going to be too much of a case? You know, we've got this big high profile cases and a ton of other cases, apparently. Is he going to be able to keep them all? I think he should okay. drop all or some of the cases and focus okay. on other big high profile cases for now. However, because it's a TV show and, you know, it's, it's based on him. Yeah. I feel like he's going to take on all the cases that he's given and probably more. Right. And, and be able know, to handle it because that would make good television. I don't know the answer to this question. I don't know if you know, but I just thought about that. Does he have the option to drop any of them? Because, you know, he, he inherited them. So the idea is that he wants to convince people to keep him on. Then he works them. He gets money from it. But, I'm pretty sure he can go and be like, hey, listen, you know, I'm not your best option for an attorney. I can do so only do so much. Mm-hmm. So you're probably better off going because then yeah. didn't he say something like that to Trevor. Like if I can't if I can't do it in a, in a week, then I will let you know tomorrow. Right. Right. He either wants to feel that confidence or not, which means yeah. if he came the next day and said, I can't do it in a week. Mm-hmm. That's basically him disband, like taking himself out of the equation because he knows that at that point, Trevor is going to get anybody start interviewing mm-hmm. lawyers instantly to be ready in a week. Yeah. I'm just wondering what his choices are in the matter so all right any other questions from you Pete? i have a question but we can't answer it right now i'm pretty sure and basically like my whole the whole episode i'm sitting there i'm like okay end of the episode was my first thought okay who killed jerry vincent yeah yeah <laughs> so so i mean it's, it's a question That's without your... an answer really yeah. you can guess but i'm going to say it's somebody we don't know yet <laughs> yeah okay okay so yeah. but that's that's my you know pondering right. if you if you have an idea spit it out yeah, no, obviously that's a big burning question. I mean, it definitely seems targeted and, you know, why would you, I mean, you don't know this guy's personal life, but you've got to think it has something to do with a case. I mean, and it's you know, the first a, thing we see. So to me, yeah. as a TV show watcher and a podcaster, it yeah. tells me that that answer is going to come around episode nine, episode 10. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, re- we'll revisit that. Well, I do have another question for you. You seem, and you're like this with shows usually. I get it. I understand it. You are skeptical of a lot of people already in this series. Who do you trust the most in this first episode? Who do you think is the most trustworthy that you feel okay about? Lorna. Lorna. Okay. Okay. Yeah. She just doesn't seem to have an agenda. Mm-hmm. She's just working and you know she's in a relationship and yeah i mean she just seems like and like i said cisco i do trust but i don't trust his past okay okay yeah okay but i think he's good now Mm -hmm. but yeah but my if i have to pick one it's one by far yeah okay yeah she does seem very genuine about everything she's doing and her motivations seem genuine almost a little too good to be true 
Maybe. She's also just a worker. She's not a, like the other one. Um, the Maggie works for like the district attorney. You said, mm-hmm. and he's like mm-hmm. a defense lawyer. And Cisco's mm-hmm. a private. All those people have like shady jobs where they have to like mix between the lines. Her job only is to keep his caseload and tell him and get information for him. It's She's not really blurring legal lines. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I trust mm-hmm. her because she seems mm-hmm. the most innocent. Okay. Good point. Now for um, our podcast discovery file. Let's rethink what are the, the biggest pieces of information we know so far. We know that Trevor Elliott insists that he is innocent. Um, he shares his undying love for his wife. Uh, but other than that, he doesn't really have anything else that he's offering up to, in his defense. No. Um, so we, we don't have a lot there. We have a lot of you know, reason to believe he did do it. Um, well, gun with- residue. Yeah, which is exactly. like yeah, exactly. 99.9%, you know, admission of guilt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, like we just talked about with Jerry, we don't really have anything there. The only thing we, I think the most interesting thing we've learned about that is that he did um, assign his cases to, should he die, assign his cases to Mickey um, just 10 days prior. That's yeah. she, you know, so that that's, I think that's some key information, the timing uh, seems off on that. Um, well, if we didn't see him get shot, I would have said maybe he faked his own death. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we, but we saw, we yeah. saw him. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we don't have a lot to work with yet. Uh, so we'll just keep tabs on that as we go through the different episodes. What what evidence or you know things we learn each episode. So. Who would be your star witness of the episode, Pete? The, the person that just is the standout to you that you want to highlight for this podcast episode? Um, I'm probably not going to choose him again for a while, um, but I talked about him a lot this episode. I think Cisco. Okay. Because we, we know how important those kind of guys are to the cause and getting stuff done. Uh-huh. So I think he is going to be a major player in this season as far as, you know, going in the dirt, playing in the dirt, mm-hmm. getting dirty, getting information mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, being able to get stuff done kind of similar, like a fixer, but, but okay. not really covering up stuff, just okay. digging information. So you're kind of, I mean, intrigued by him, I guess. Yeah. I want to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. I want to see what the, he actually does. And I want to, cause I don't know how shady Mickey actually is at this point. Right. So if he's shady and he has Cisco on his side and Cisco is okay with shady things, we could see some really untasteful tactics possibly in my mind. So I'm really interested to see yeah. what happens next. Okay. All right. Very curious there for you. Okay. I mean, the obvious choice, you know, would be Mickey, the, the, the yes. title character, but I'm going to go with Lorna because I think she just made such a strong impression in this episode. You're just sort of captivated by her energy and you, she does seem genuine, like we talked about. And she does seem very smart, you know, very efficient. She's kind of holding the thing together. I mean, if it weren't yes. for her, Mickey wouldn't be in the right place at the right time. Um, he wouldn't know where he needs to go next. He wouldn't yeah. know where the case files are. So she's really, you know, just, yeah, like I said, holding things together uh, for him work-wise. So you, you got to highlight that. And she seems to be doing a pretty darn good job of it especially given that some things are missing perhaps with um, that were stolen at, at Jerry's murder. So yeah, I'm going to highlight Lorna. Um, now, do you have some trivia for me? Yes, I do. 
So let's start with the first question I have, which I I thought this was easier trivia today. So let's just go with um when Jerry Vincent was shot, he was shot in a parking garage. Uh-huh. In the opening scene, they go past of what, like, you know, each parking garage has a section assigned to them. Oh. It shows you in, as it goes past. It's it's open for, like, five seconds easy. It's one of the opening scenes. What parking garage is he in? What's the letter and the number? Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't take note of it. So I'm not sure. But for some reason, my mind is just saying A2. Wow, you were really close. Really? Wow. Wow. Because it's A7. Okay. See the sevens eight. can look like twos. Yeah. Yeah. With a, okay. with a bottom going right. across. So, okay. That's so maybe, pretty good for someone who didn't like look for it. Yeah. Half credit, maybe. Uh, yeah. I saw it happen in the opening scene and I was like, there's my trivia. I don't yeah. have to get any. Just in case I, don't, I always do that because I don't find any more. I'll always watch like in the beginning, get one right down. Just like, a, okay, I'll leave this one in just in case. Your, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to have a lot of fun stuff to talk about as we go through these episodes. All 10 are obviously available on netflix right now i know a lot of people have binged right through but we will not we will try our best not to spoil things episode by episode in the podcast so this this podcast is dedicated to the first episode we try to keep it within the first episode will we slip up occasionally perhaps but that's the goal Um, on the other hand if we do have interviews attached to the podcast for a particular episode those don't count on them to be spoiler free they could be about any part of the season. So this week we have an interview with Becky Newton who plays Lorna and uh, she answers about 10 questions for me. And it's a, it's a really good interview. I hope that you'll enjoy it. It's also out on YouTube. Some people may have watched it already, but if you haven't, then you'll get the audio here on the podcast for that, but do expect some spoilers for beyond episode one. So hope you enjoy that. Looking forward to coming back to talk about episode two with Pete. We will keep it rolling and look forward I hope to the you're next not gonna episode. Forget, I hope you're not going to forget the shout out the new Facebook group. Oh, yeah. Tell them about it, Tracy. <laughs> One thing, yes, I did not mention that um, the, if any of you are familiar with the Bosch Pit Facebook group, a very active, large group talking about all things Bosch, Bosch legacy um, episodes just across the board. Um, they have created another Facebook group called the Lincoln Lawyer Lounge, if you want to look that up. And that will be very Lincoln Lawyer specific so that they can kind of just, you know, keep things a little bit separate. So check that out. Uh, Mike Martini, who hosts sometimes with us on the podcast, helped set up that second group. So um, I think it's going to be really nice. It's already a lot of activity. So definitely check that out so you can share thoughts and theories and uh, and stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a good group. So definitely wanted to pass that along to y'all as well. So yeah, I think I think that's it for now. Enjoy the interview. We'll be back for episode two and we'll just keep you wondering who your hosts might be for episode two. I'll be here. So I think Pete will be here. I might be out investigating out of town. I don't know. I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let everybody know. I might be busy. You know, I'm a PI now. That's true. That's true. Your, your schedule is not predictable. You know, I might have to go on the road with Cisco and figure some stuff out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I'm like Lorna in the office. You can you know where you can find me. So. But I ain't riding no motorcycle, man. We got to get a car. <laughs> okay. We got to get a car. I don't like motorcycles. Too many variables. Okay. Yeah. No, I hear you. All right, guys. Thanks for listening in. And we'll be back with more later. Bye. Later. Bye. 
Lorna is such a great cheerleader for those around her. Who is Lorna's biggest cheerleader? I think what I love most about Lorna is Lorna is Lorna's biggest cheerleader. I okay. think we will find out in future episodes or storylines that she has learned to rely on herself and her grit okay. and her intelligence. Uh, because perhaps in the past, we will mm -hmm. learn that she was underestimated or when she did uh, rely on certain people in an authority position, she perhaps mm -hmm. wasn't uh, treated with the greatest amount of respect. So I think mm -hmm. one thing Lauren and I actually have in common is this ability to draw from your own strength and your own power and trust that even when you're a fish out of water. Lorna doesn't look like someone you'd see in a courtroom or a legal office of any kind. And I think that's what makes it so delightful. It's like, what is she doing yeah. there? She doesn't really care about office appropriate. She's gonna wear her pantsuit and it doesn't take away from what right, she has right. to offer. And I think that really drew me to this character. It's like, she's not afraid. She's not self-conscious. She doesn't have to apologize for anything because her intention is to honor the law and support Mickey. Can you share more on Lorna's trepidation about telling Mickey of her engagement to Cisco? I think she clearly has seen Mickey through a difficult time. When the show mm -hmm. opens, we see that Mickey is recovering from an addiction. We know that Lorna was recently married to Mickey and that it didn't work out. My sense, um, and, and I've spoken to Ted, the writer, and the writers about this, is that like mm -hmm. Lorna loves him. She supports him. She believes in him. However, mm -hmm. she doesn't want to tip the scales when he's in such a vulnerable place in his life. He's finally getting back on his feet. He's got all these cases. And I think maybe her one weak spot is Mickey. She's like, I don't want to be the reason to have him lose focus. I don't want to cause any more pressure in his in right, this right. moment for him. And she is getting romantically involved with Cisco, who has been in, working for Mickey forever. They're good friends. She knows it's complicated, but it happens. And it did happen. Yeah, yeah. And right, she right. wants to let him know. His response is incredible. He goes, okay, are you happy? Yeah, yeah. You know, great. So I think it needed, they needed to clear the air with that because I think that perhaps the one place where she's not so confident is in Mickey's ability to take anything else on. And she doesn't, she just okay, wants okay. him to win right now. Okay. Is Lorna also nervous about telling Mickey of her interest in returning to law school? The way I saw it and the way I hope I played it was that Lorna wants to make sure Lorna can do it. It's like okay, this okay. thing yeah, that yeah. she didn't finish. She's got unfinished business. She went to law mm -hmm. school. We know she dropped out. Now, what we've learned about Lorna that doesn't seem very Lorna to quit something. We find out, right. um, and I don't want to give it away, that some pretty tough stuff happened to her in the context of her going to law school that caused her to quit. Um, mm -hmm. so I think Lorna's nerves about going back is more about like, wow, is it, can I do it? I think I can, yeah, yeah. can I, you know, I think in any of yeah, us in yeah. our life, if we've pursued something and then backed away or quit, but it stays inside of you, it's that thing of like, oh, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to overcome it sure, again. Sure. I think she's nervous about herself. I think right, what we've right. seen about her and Mickey's, there's so much support. She'll figure that out with Lorna. She can okay, run okay. his practice and be a lawyer. She's not worried about that. But I think it's about, like, can I handle, yeah, yeah. Lorna handle it? How would you describe the dynamic between Maggie and Lorna and their shared love of Haley? I mean, right away, Nev was clear that she didn't want the relationship between the exes to be catty and bitchy and, mm -hmm. and something you see all the time on TV. Sure. Where yeah. it becomes extra complicated is Haley. She 
was Lorna's stepdaughter. So mm-hmm. Lorna does have a relationship with her that for her didn't end when she and Mickey ended. Mm-hmm. But it right, adds right. this other layer to this triangle. Before it was like Maggie and Lorna and how they deal with Mickey. But then there's this wonderful daughter that Lorna loves and respects, but has to also respect the boundaries. Of yeah. It's Maggie and Mickey's daughter. And I think the show does such a great, I mean, there's not a lot of time to explore all these different nuances, yet yeah, they're yeah. able to introduce these questions of how do they work mm-hmm. together? Because Lorna's in Mickey's life at the office. She's kind of his wingman. She's going to want to help and be part of Haley's life. It's very, very delicate. And I think they do a really good job of always exploring it without fully answering it. You know, it, it is complicated. And it, I yeah, think, yeah. does represent a lot of modern dynamics of when a marriage ends, but these relationships don't stop. Talk about the authenticity of the relationships represented in The Lincoln Lawyer. Ian, and we had so many great discussions about it. I, I'd never done a drama before. So, you know, there were scenes where Angus, who plays Cisco, and I were on the computer mm-hmm. screen, and it was about, on the paper, it was about solving this mystery of who went where at what time. But then there's this right. other layer of this relationship between mm-hmm. Cisco and Lorna. And I, I really loved that this show, I think it's a David E. Kelly signature, where it's not just about the thing you think you're watching, which yeah. is like solving a murder case. It's about these people. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a port for each other. They're this very weird family um, connected <laughs> in all different ways. And yeah. I loved that. I think that's really great because if you love the legal part, but even if you don't love law at all, you'll still love this sort of work relationship and uh, these family relationships. So there really is something for everyone. What kind of involvement did you have in how Lorna should be portrayed? To their credit, I, I was given so much license. I mean, how does she look? How does she walk? How does she talk? They really allowed me um, and all the characters to bring ourselves to this. And I think I, when I watched it, I noticed that there was this real essence early on. We don't. It's such a new show. And, and to know in episode two, three, four, you kind of get a sense of these people so quickly. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of that is because the writers and producers said, what do you think? And what a gift as an actress, because I'll tell you all day long what I think. Um, <laughs> and it was like a really great way to create these characters right away with such, um, sure, sure. With such a, like a clear idea of who they are. Had you read Michael Connelly's novels before filming? And, and, and the job sort of came so quickly. I didn't have time mm-hmm. to read all six books, but I did watch the Matthew McConaughey movie and I loved it. And what was neat is I, we'd already done the table read. So I'd already had this idea in my head of what I'd experienced with this cast. And then I saw the movie and I was like, this is incredible. What great source material, but how great that we're already doing something so different. And I think sure. particularly yeah, yeah. in the portrayal of the lead. Manuel does his own Mickey Haller, and it's mm-hmm. fantastic. He is so charming and effortless yeah. and just easy. So I think people will, even if you loved the movie, this is a different thing. This is a different yeah, flavor yeah. of ice cream or whatever, however you want to look at it. It's um, mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. What would you like to see for Lorna in what we hope will be a second season? I think the dog has to move into the office. Like this dog yeah, has to yeah. stay and sit in my lap as much as possible. Um, I think I uh, just continuing to explore her relationship with the law, what she wants for herself. But I mean, obviously she's so tied into Mickey's life and his law practice. So does she create her own office? Does that compete with Mickey? Does she work within the, I don't know. Um, but I yeah, think you yeah. could put Lorna anywhere and it would be pretty exciting. 
Do you have a favorite outfit among Warner's wardrobe? There was a reddish coral pantsuit with a blue. No, it was like a vest and a skirt that was bright plaid and then a blue blazer over it. And I remember wearing it and marching into a really serious <laughs> scene. And I was like, this uh -huh. is the greatest thing ever. Um, and it just highlighted, like for Lorna, there's no such thing as appropriate. It's just what she feels. Yeah. And I think right, she right. can't help it. Or she's not going to, she still takes herself seriously. And that fashion, mm -hmm. that's her version of like office courtroom attire. She's like, why is everyone in like black turtlenecks? Let's do this. Um, yeah, yeah. And the wardrobe, <laughs> Lindy, the wardrobe, designer was fearless and all of her stuff i love this she would get vintage stuff she said lorna's the kind of person oh, that has a closet she'll pull a dress out she hasn't yeah, in yeah. 20 years and she's not she's not fashiony in that she's concerned with like the newest thing she just loves to put herself together so a lot yeah, of the yeah. clothing i wore was from the real real was from ebay was from all different places because she said she wanted to build a real closet not look like oh, she just wow. went shopping at Nordstrom last week, right? Yeah. So it, I loved that. I, I absolutely really loved cool. that. Which advice would Lorna most likely give? One, dress to impress. Two, idle hands are the devil's workshop. Or three, don't judge a book by its cover. One would be tempted to say number one, but I'm going to go with <laughs> number three. Because I okay. think while everyone, Lorna loves to dress to impress, I think in her life, she's been judged a certain way based on how she's dressed. Yeah, only yeah. to prove that she is nothing like that at all. Um, right, so I right. think what she'd say is be authentic, be yourself, dress however you want, as long as you can be the most confident, most settled mm -hmm. version of what you're putting out in the world. Awesome. Now, what about best? Hmm, just to impress. Oh, you know, that's a really good one. I'm wearing, so my friend, my best friend, Vedette Lim, made me this dress and sent it to me. Oh, wow. Um, so I, while I would say dress to impress, I think it's more dressed, dressed to feel like your best self. And there's, awesome, yeah. I think it, whether it's your clothing or just how you walk in the world, I think, how do you feel best and go mm -hmm. with it and um, don't apologize. Very good. I think that's great advice. I'll take it to heart. <laughs> You're wonderful. Thank you so much.